I'm feeling a little somber just all of a sudden because I realize that I've been waiting on the Breonna Taylor indictments to come in and I'm disappointed. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. So let's talk about three cheers of joy. All right, so three cheers of joy. Um, three moments of self-celebration that have nothing to do with anybody else but you. And uh, let's go. My first one, I hope you have something to celebrate and I hope you got something yummy that you're drinking. Um, I'm drinking Alamos. It's a Malbec, right? So this is what I'm drinking tonight. I got it out of Walgreens. You guys know I get a lot of my uh, wine out of Walgreens because it's close. It stops me from going into the grocery store. So this is a Malbec that I did get from Walgreens and um, it's okay. I mean, it's okay, you know? So it's about $10 and it was on sale, two for 16 or two for 18. So I got two and this is the first one I started last night. First year of joy. My first year of joy is that I was, I've been hella productive all week. And um, I didn't even look to see if Mercury was gonna be in retrograde or not. I know I usually get crazy busy when Mercury is about to go into retrograde. So maybe that's the time for it. But either way, I've been hella productive and um, I'm excited about that because I've spent just kind of working in spurts, kind of on and off, getting stuff done or not getting anything done. And this week I've been really busy. So cheers to being busy and not even being busy, being productive. So my first cheer of joy is to being productive. Cheers to that. Hmm, wine already. This is bad for business. Let me pour some. My mom hates when I pull the cork out with my teeth. Lord. She'll send me a text about it if she sees this. <laughs> Stop using your teeth. So, okay, that's my first cheer of joy. My second cheer of joy is I took some time off. Well, I took Monday off because I hung out with some girlfriends in um, up in the Panhandle in Destin. That was my that was fun. It was my first time going there. <laughs> oh my god! I went to Destin, Florida, and it was up in the Panhandle. That was my first time going there, so I had a good time with that. And I hung out with about five other women. And you guys know I have personality disorder. <laughs> I may not have a personality disorder, but I sure claim to because I don't do well with a bunch of people. But anyway, went on this trip and had a great time. And I took Monday off and I took Monday off. I didn't have to, but I did. And I just chilled Monday. I took my time getting home. I wasn't in a rush and I needed that extra day to get over my nasty <coughs> cough. Remember I was coughing since last month, since, um, I had that cold and um, so it took me some time to get over that. Now I feel like I'm over it, so good for me. But so Monday was good to take Monday off. So let's see, my first year of joy was hella productive this week and it's Wednesday. And then the second year of joy was taking Monday off and just kind of taking it easy, coming home and relaxing and resting and not getting too out of my, mind over the weekend which there was a lot of opportunity to do that because it was great food and great liquor and great company but I held it together so it was a great weekend all right my third cheer of joy would be you know what I've really forged a relationship with somebody that I work with a lady that I work with I've been we didn't have a bad relationship, but I'm, she's new and I'm focused. So I'm just doing my own thing. And I think that that makes, um, kind of makes it hard for me to meet and interact with people, but we've kind of forged a relationship and I'm pleased with that. So a new relationship at work, that is my third cheer of joy. So cheers to Hella Productive Week. 
uh, taking Monday off and just chilling and forging a new relationship with one of my coworkers. So that's three, that's my third trip joy, so. And I'm drinking the Alamos Malbec, I showed you guys. Yeah, Alamos Malbec, it's all right. Got it from Walgreens. If you're dying to try it, knock yourself out. That's fine to so go ahead and try it. And so those are my three cheers of joy. Let me think, I wanted to share something else real quick before we got into the Facebook post of the week, but I have forgotten. <laughs> Just that fast, it was like, right into my mind, in and out of my mind. So I've forgotten and maybe it'll come back. So Facebook has been okay this week. I haven't really participated in a lot of the discussions cause I know I get really worked up in them. Well, not really worked up. I get annoyed with them because I can't understand how um, we exist still in this very simple space of being. And when I say we, I mean many Black Americans. And, and I put myself into it because I know I'm not as evolved as I'd like to be, but I'm open to it. But it seems like some of our discussions are very archaic and when I read them, I'm just kind of like, no, I want better. I want better. I want people to think better. I want people to want more. And um, I internalize a lot of that. So last week we talked about, um, there's a post about somebody, if a broke man can make a woman happy. And I just, that resonated in me simply because not that women don't want broke men, but men want to be fucking broke. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, men want to be able to take care of and run their house. And I, I think, well, I think men want that, but I'm finding out that some men don't. Some men are okay in the role of not providing for the home. You know, so I don't know that I'm, I'm a struggle. I'm struggling with that because I don't want to exclude anybody in my conversation, but I also want to magnify, I guess, the idea that men are fucking awesome. Like men are so strong and powerful. And, and it makes me kind of, to the men who are content with saying that, they don't have to have any money or they don't want any or they will relegate themselves to whatever position. I kind of want to look into their deep background to see where that fire of protector, where that fire didn't catch fire, you know, like where that flame kind of died out, you know. So I just think it's, I find it hard to think that men and, and everybody isn't included. I know it's never everybody, but when men don't want to be in that role of protector or head of the household, at some point they do want to express the fact that they're a man, you know? So it's like picking and choosing and I won't be the head of household, but I want you to submit to me. I won't be the, you won't take the power roles, but then you want to be treated like you're in a power role. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know. Ugh. this drives me insane anyway so that was interesting from last week and I haven't spent a lot of time on it this week just because I know that that was a really interesting conversation that people were having last week and they believe it you know people believe in not being able to or not wanting to admit and men want to roll into that role with their women and be treated like the children they want to be treated like the children when it comes to responsibility, but they want to be treated like the man when it comes to making decisions and running the house. You can't really pick and choose that. So there goes that lack of that kind of responsibility. And, and there are probably women out there to do the same thing. And I don't spend as much time on women as I do on men simply because I'm just captivated by the idea of what men are capable of doing. And women are, it doesn't matter how much a woman does, she's still not 
a man. So that's not even worth, that's not even the race worth running. The, so the race for the women is more of do everything you can do and be a great woman and you're still a woman instead of thinking that do everything you can do and compete with the men. You know, we don't want to com compete with the men. We, oh, I know, I don't want to compete with the men. So, um, so that's just kind of a dichotomous kind of place I'm existing in. Like, trying to figure it out but without trying not you know to hurt anybody or harm anybody or to talk bad about it to anybody or mistreat anybody so I'm working on that that piece so let's see let's look at my Facebook post of the week so I'm just rambling on that my Facebook post of the week um brought to you by STM specialties stmspecialties.com She's a craft shop that she makes um, insulated thermoses. So if you haven't checked out the website, do so, stmspecialties.com. I'm gonna flip through my, uh, my pictures and see where I screenshot my, um, Oh, I read that last week about NFL season. Oh, I didn't mention before we get started, I didn't mention last week that I had an awesome ass celebration. My Joy Exposed podcast page was over a thousand um, likes and almost, yeah, a thousand likes, like a thousand and six maybe. And then my Joycelyn Wells, the author, was over a thousand likes. Uh, likes as well. And then my YouTube was over 250 all on the same day. So that was last last week or probably Tuesday before, yeah, last, not yesterday, day, the Tuesday before. And I was really hyped about that. I even made a little commercial, but I was excited because as impatient as I get with growing as a, I don't even know what I am, podcaster, author, influencer, they have, I don't know the name that's apropos, but as, much as I want to grow, and of course you want to grow overnight, and it doesn't happen overnight. It's not happening overnight. It's requiring me to literally take the time to reevaluate, oh, to reevaluate every couple of weeks or so what I need to do and how I need to do it, and and it takes a lot of work. Working for yourself is hard work. <laughs> Working for yourself is a lot of work and I don't know I don't know that I've ever even thought about it until I realized that there's so much potential for me working for myself and then I understand that any ad that's posted on Facebook or Instagram or whatever I'm responsible for launching the ad every single like that I get on the page I'm seeking the likes every YouTube a uh, subscriber, I'm seeking it. Every podcast or MP3 file that's uploaded on RSS file for the podcast, I'm doing it. And that, it is a lot of fucking work to work for yourself. I'm telling you, like, I don't know that I think about quitting, but I know that I have reduced my actions enough to resemble quitting. <laughs> I've reduced my actions enough to be like, damn, oh my God, I haven't yet, you know, like what the heck? So yeah, it's a lot of work. It is tough and trying to figure out camera angles and cameras and editing and man, it is a lot. And I just keep going. So I'm not even two years in the podcast. I'm only four years old as a writer. Well, almost four years old as a writer. So I'm brand new. I'm like an infant. Like I'm still a toddler and trying to get this. But my grown-up mind wants the instant gratification because I know that I'm working hard. So there should be a reward at the end of my week or the end of my two weeks. And I haven't gotten there yet. So it's a lot of work. So if you're thinking, if you own your own business, I know you understand that if you're thinking about starting your own business and people say that all the time, we need to start our own business. We need to start our own business. And that's a big thing. But you know, out of 5,000 Facebook followers that I have and 330 million people in the world, 
how minuscule the amount of people that support the small business owner, very small, like very, very small. But the ones who do support and come back and come back and come back, those are the people that we rely on. So it's like when I'm doing my live, I know the people that are going to come. And it is that handful of people, probably 30 people that is the reason that I do the live because I know that they're going to come. They're going to show up. They believe in me and they're going to show up. So, and that's the thing that I think keeps the business. That's what keeps you going. Like, wow, I really respect these people. I know them. They keep showing up. They must see something in me and they think that I have some good information or I'll be good at, you know, and you're like, okay, okay, okay. Because I trust that. I trust the core people that are just in there supporting me. So thank you guys so much for that. I'm thankful for all of my listeners, my listeners, the people who view the podcast live, the people who ask for different things to see it in different places and download and um, download the podcast links from the various places and think, I remember I said I'm on YouTube, that's a video, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify. So all of those have the same type MP3. Spotify has an MP4. I mean, Wave and YouTube has an MP4. So we're talking all of these different formats that have to happen after I do the live. I am the person who does them. <laughs> I haven't hired anybody. I don't even know who to hire. I don't even know how to hire. I don't know what, you know, it's kind of like, I guess I'll learn as I go. I did happen to come across an agent who's sending some great things in my direction, um, some more opportunities. So we're going to see how that goes. So there's a lot of hoeing and sewing. That's what I'm going to call it. Hoeing the dirt. And sowing the seed, there's a lot of hoeing and sowing going on and I'm hoeing and sowing, right? So it's made me a better person um, to try to understand for me, not just asking people to subscribe to my YouTube channel, but when I ask them to subscribe, what am I promising them? What will you get when you subscribe? That's hard, especially coming from a person who doesn't ask for help, who doesn't ask for assistance, who's just driven. But I realize I can't do this. I'm not going to do this by myself because I need people to trust me. I need people to believe in what I have. I need people to understand that I come in goodness. Like I believe, firmly believe that God has placed me here to move a nation forward. And this is where I have to start hoeing and sewing. So I'm hoeing and sewing. That's going to be my shit for the rest of the year. Hoeing and sewing, trying to get this um, business up and running. So thank you guys so much. That's a huge celebration. I hate that we didn't celebrate last week, but I was so fired up about other stuff. So that would be my celebration. All right. Let's see, now get to my Facebook post of the week. So I, there's a one of my um, Facebook friends that I love and she always posts about being at work. Like, I can't believe they got me in a meeting on a Tuesday or a Monday, anything. She's just annoyed by her job. So I saw this post and it says, um, it's an asterisk that says, stays one minute over at work, me. Now, see, this is the type of shit I'd be talking about. <laughs> so after staying over just one minute, it's like, okay, y'all on some bullshit, I'm ready to go. So I thought about her and I saw that post and I um, tagged her in it and she just died laughing because she is always, always, always trying to get out of that damn job, which I think we all are. You know, we just be ready to go. When it's time to go, it's time to go. Um, also, let me come back to that in a second. Uh, okay, so there's a, for a while, there was a hashtag on um, Facebook. It says, hashtag BMDC, Black Men Don't Cheat, right? So that's the hashtag. And I always like the hashtag because I believe it, Black Men Don't Cheat. You know, I love the Black man. So 
shout out to him. But anyway, whatever. So there was a post somebody posted. There was a, somebody says, for the record, black men still don't cheat. Offset is amigo. He's Mexican. <laughs> because Offset was cheating on his wife, Cardi. And uh, she filed for a divorce. So they're still trying to hold strong that black men don't cheat. They don't want to put that out there. So they said they gave uh, Offset. They said <coughs> he was amigo. So he's Mexican. I thought that was hilarious. Um, let's see. And then this was a post that made me a little bit uncomfortable. But I don't know why. Y'all, I can't be sexist at 51, can I? Like I'm pro-black man and I just feel like he should be a caveman. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little sexist at 51. But this post kind of had me a little, uh, it says, N-words want to fake sleep and get their drawers pulled down sometimes too. So I'm like, N-words want to be the women again? Like, how does this keep coming up? It's a theme here. So I guess there's a group of men that want to be um, undressed and ravaged at night as women enjoy it, you know, that's the kind of, I guess, I guess it's a power thing, you know, women enjoy, well, I can't even say women because all women don't enjoy it, but some women enjoy being awakened in the middle of the night with their partner or lover undressing them to make mad passionate love to them. And I guess men want to be having their underwear, their drawers pulled down at night too, to, I guess men want that too, so. I thought that was a little weird, had me weirded out, but it's okay. Um, and this is the last Facebook post of the week. This is by Drea, because I have something I want to share after this. Drea Mills posted this. She cop, um, shared this from somebody. Too many people attribute value to a woman for being attached to a man, any man. Just have one to validate you, sis, because they'll tell you that it's better to have a man who doesn't love or respect you according to your standards and to be strong enough or smart enough to leave a relationship that doesn't serve you. This is why the toxic aspect of maleness, the toxic aspects of maleness are so persistent. This society promotes relationship status by any means necessary. It's such a trash perspective, especially in its eagerness to make a woman accountable for her man's behavior on top of her own. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because who wants to be in the yucky ass relationship just for the sake of being in a relationship, right? So that was tough for me um, reading that, but it's true because I, when I when I was getting my divorce and I was leaving my marriage, people were for real trying to figure out why I was leaving my marriage. Well, it's not, it can't be that bad. Um well, he didn't mean to, uh, that kind of thing. People will try to talk you into staying into some yucky shit just for the sake of staying, just for the idea of you have a partner or you have a man. And, and that's, a, that's a tough place to be in because we don't, that's a tough place to be in because we don't like that. Um, there we go. That's a tough place to be in because we don't want to be in a yucky ass relationship for just for the sake of being in a relationship, that's unhealthy as a mother trucker, like damn. But because people have this idea that being in a relationship, being with somebody or saying you have someone is better than being by yourself, they want you to stick to it. I said a couple of weeks ago, I'm officially normalizing happy relationships. I'm no longer going to take some shit just for the sake of taking it, right? So, I, you know, if you're unhappy in a relationship, get the hell out of the relationship. As a woman, you're not responsible for another adult, not even your children, adult children. As a person, you are not responsible for the actions of your partner. If your husband cheats, that's not your deal. And I listened to an old podcast from like my old podcast from like a year ago. We were talking about um, Nicole Murphy, Eddie Murphy's wife, ex-wife, was kissing some producer who's married to Layla Rashawn. I don't even know his name. And they were blaming Layla Rashawn wasn't even there. And they were blaming her talking about she had gained weight. So then 
Offset cheats on Cardi and they're blaming Cardi that her pussy isn't wet enough. And Jada cheats on Will. I don't even know who got blamed in that, right? But it's like, stop it. You're, people hold people accountable, hold people to their own fucking actions. Stop putting it on somebody else. And I, man, I wholeheartedly believe that. I believe that shit for my children. If my children fuck up, I'm going to make sure my children take responsibility for their action. I'm not going to carry that for them. And I'm definitely not doing it for a man. Definitely not. Okay, I just found my comment. So let me read this. Tamara says, people like to use the line, that's your husband, not just the boyfriend, whatever the fuck that means. Exactly. Like, it's my husband, so that means he can really treat me like shit because he's my husband? No. I think that's, having a boyfriend, is you can leave that shit too, but you want to stick it out because you want to make it your husband. Damn, stop rewarding husbands or wives, people with titles, husbands and wives. Stop rewarding them with those titles if they're not worthy of that in your life, if they're not honorable, fuck them. Like literally, no thank you. I, You know what? Let me sit here. I might be lonely. I might have to touch myself. I might have to get a stranger to touch me. But the one thing I know for fucking sure is I'm not going to have a person in a house that I contribute to mistreat me. I'm not paying for my abuser to be here with me. No, fuck that. No, 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 no. So that's a big deal for me. And Tamara, you're absolutely right. I'm not getting caught up in that mess. Shoot. And yeah, Black women don't cheat. You right. You right on that too. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Black women don't cheat either. Right. So those are the posts that, um, those are the posts that make you, that, uh, <clears throat> make you question being in a relationship and it also makes people very jaded about being in relationships because we're not being honest or truthful about who we are and what we're doing and that's a big deal so I um thank you very much for the comment tomorrow and you're right that's not enough just because you my boyfriend that ain't you don't get carte blanche to treat me like shit because of what because you got a dick and I don't Yes, all right. It's a bunch of them out there. I can go find me one. If I need to, they are readily available and they don't come with any bullshit. I mean, what's the worst thing you're going to have to do? Buy a man something to eat? <laughs> Let him take a shower, sleep on your couch. What's the worst thing you do for a woman that you're trying to be intimate with? Buy her some food, let her take a nap. These are people who just need stuff, right? So, but it does, it's not worth you to tear yourself up to pieces for the sake of having a man. It's not worth that. And it's no reason to get caught up in the idea that it's okay to be that way. It's not. Bump that. No, 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 no. So um, I did want to share something else with you guys before I got into that toxic behavior. And, you know, people, people have a hard time being honest about their intentions. Oh, my. Oh, I'm, I'll tell y'all about that. I got so many things happening in my head right now especially this one thing that I didn't even think about talking about, but I am, because everybody needs to hear it. They're going to have to give them $40 tomorrow. <laughs> That's right, give them $40 to get some and get it, keep it moving. All right, so you guys know My Shape Solutions, My Shape Dot Solutions is my business. So, and it's defining itself every day. I'm Like I said, the business is growing, so that means I'm having to learn what it looks like on paper. It's like drawing a it's like, you know, you want a building, but you don't really know what it's going to look like. But as time goes and you see what your needs are, the building starts defining itself. And that's where I am. My building is defining itself. The web pages, everything is kind of, they're kind of falling into place. So, so part of my, my shape solutions in shape is self-help and personal empowerment. So everything that I'm doing is helping you, helping people, including myself, become better. Self, health, and personal empowerment, shape. So that's my business. And I came up with that in like 1998, 99, 97, 98, 99, because that's a big deal, right? That was, it came to me, I held on to it. And now here it is into fruition. So why I want the immediate gratification, this is something that's been in the work for what, 12, oh, it's 2020, shit, 30 years? Look how long this has been in the works. And I've been 
working on this. Oh, no, that's not true. 99. So like 22, 21 years at the most, right? So I've been working on this and it's coming to fruition. So it's not something that's overnight. Anyway, part of my My Shape Solutions is I have a publishing company and I publish for new authors just because sometimes people have something they want it published. And now with being able to publish and get it on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, if you can get someone to do the legwork for you, to give you a beautiful cover, put your words together to reflect who you are, then you can sell them and market them, right? So I do that. And I have about 10 clients that I've worked with. Well, one of my clients decided, I, I, I felt like, and it's nothing wrong with it. And so I didn't get mad or anything, but I felt like she was kind of questioning my integrity about her number of books sold. Well, I need to be able to log in so I can see it. And I'm like, well, the only place that you can log into is me. Like, I, this is the publishing company. I send your book sales. Your royalties come on this date. So I'm like the clearinghouse. That's what the publishing company does. Any of the big publishing companies, this is how they manage it. But she wants to do it, to see it on her sales, herself on like Amazon. Well, we had that discussion before. I explained it. She said, okay. A couple months later, we had the discussion again. And she said, uh, she asked again, and I explained it to her again. She's like, well, I don't want to bother you. I'm like, well, you don't, you're not bothering me. You paid for a service. This is the service that's provided. This is what happens. Now, keep in mind, for me, I'm building the business. So the act of publishing the book is getting, they're paying for the act of publishing the book, which makes sense, right? And then the other services are just a part of being in my publishing house because I'm building a business. So I, you're more valuable to me in my publishing house than outside of my publishing house, right? So I'm not charging for, I'm not charge taking from the royalties. I'm not charging from the books. Like any, after you pay for your service, you pay for, and that goes into just a part of being an author in the publishing house. Anyway, so she had some questions and she, you know, she came back again. I answered the questions again. She was like, okay, I understand now. I'll stay in my lane. Well, a couple of days later, she came back like, well, I need the printout from Amazon and I needed this and I needed that. And I need, and I just read it. And I immediately started typing up a letter. I read it and I immediately start typing up a letter to sever the relationship that I had with her. Because I was like, this is a conversation I'm not having because it's costing me more to have this conversation than to have this author on my label. Now, this isn't a person who's right, continuing to write and has another book coming. This is just a person who's written a book and it's sitting there waiting for the book to take off, right? Which is fine if that's what they want to do. But I couldn't spend every month or so in an hour conversation about the process of how it works. So I wrote a letter to sever the relationship and I ended up uh, sending it to her. And then I republished her book under her own account and I canceled the book under the Shape Publishing account. And I just had to let that go. And I was, you know, you don't ever want to lose a client. But I think we learn as we go that we have to cut our weight, though. We can't have things kind of dragging us down and holding us hostage. I talk about that. We can't have those things just for the sake of saying, I have this client. So I had to let this client go. Um, she was fine with it. I think uh, she'll figure out the process. And for now, it's probably okay. But when she gets ready, if she ever publishes another book, then um, she'll need some help or she'll figure it out. You know, I mean, people self-publish all the time. So, you know, she'll be able to figure that piece out. But I, that is, this is my, this is the second client I've had to let go in the course of my time being here and being in business. And the first client kind of let herself go because she didn't want to pay the rest of her bill. She wanted the services that I offered. She wanted what I did for her, but she didn't want to pay me for it because 
Well, I was just going along with what you said because I was trying to help out the small business. So that relationship was severed um, a while ago. And it's okay, you know, but when you're running a business or when you're taking care of yourself, you have to recognize it's easier for me to let you go than to fight with you about what I believe is right. I'm building a whole business on positivity, on becoming your best self, self, health, and personal empowerment. So that already lets you know I have this much time to go back and forth with you about something that's going to take away from my shape. I'm not spending time letting people stab at me because I know that I have to keep myself safe. So did I wanna leave a client? No, lose a client I didn't, but I did. But in the meantime, I have one, two, three, four, four manuscripts. And one of my other clients is publishing the second book. So, you know, so it's not like that was my client and that client was paying my bills. It was a client and I did shape publishing, did publish her book and we did an awesome job for her. And it is a great, um, it looks great and it's seamless and it's well put together. So I'm very pleased with the work that I did for her. And I hope that she can find something or someone that's going to allow her what she needs. So, you know, it's okay, right? It's all right. But I just thought I'd share that with you guys because I never really talk about that kind of stuff with you guys. Like, gosh, I lost a client. <laughs> you know, I'll come, I'm like, oh, super positive. Yeah, but, you know, I lost a client and it's, and it's okay. I guess we all do. You know, we lose customers, we lose clients. Somebody isn't satisfied. Somebody wants something. And as I think back on it, she was the same person when we were talking about the rates that she was saying, well, this is kind of high. I found a better rate than this. Um, and I was like, oh, well, good luck with that. You know, well, that's fine. You know, I hope to be able to work with you one day. You know, I left it. You know, I didn't try to negotiate because I know I have great rates. I know that my publishing costs are in line or less than what people are charging. And I know that it gives a lot of freedom to new authors who don't have to spend $8,000 to publish a book. And you get an editor and book cover and all of that, you know, and you can talk to the CEO. So you can talk to the CEO and, um, but she, she came back, I guess she kind of reevaluated what she was saying. But it's, a, you know, there are people like that. People are going to try to get over. And if that's what their goal is, then good luck to them. But, you know, I just, yeah, I lost a client. All right, so that was, that's that. Let me tell you guys about this other thing real quick because I got to talk about Breonna Taylor because I'm unhappy with that. Um, this is the work. I don't know if I told you guys, but a few years ago we had a new person come to my job and he was um I don't know what he was but his energy his presence did not feel good to me and so we had a couple of words and um instantly I said only talk to me through email. Do not come for me. Don't talk to me in passing. And it was a big deal because I copied some other people, my, my direct supervisor and another manager on it because I needed everybody to know this man can't talk to me. Well, here we are three years later and I finally get to a place that I'm ready to have a conversation with him. And he made, he said a, on the way into work one morning, he made a comment saying, oh, I know you're always positive and I'm always negative. And I just looked at him and thought, that's weird, but okay. So then I told him later, I said, hey, let's sit and talk. I want to talk to you about that. And he was like, what? That I'm always negative, and, you know? And I was like, no, because, because you made the comment. Whether you're negative or not, that's fine, but you made the comment. So let's talk about the comment, right? So he and I sat down and had a conversation. And the reason I felt comfortable asking him to have a conversation with me is because he, ta he talks and touts religion. He loves God and he is a Christian and he and come to my church. And, you know, so I felt because I do, and I believe that God has placed me on my path to being a purpose. And I'm in this good space. And the good space doesn't mean I don't ebb and flow low. It means 
I understand that my highs are going to be greater than my lows. Like, that's why I can do me. Like, that's my relationship. Anyway, so he and I sat and talked and I was asking him questions about, you know, and he, and I told him, I said, this is, you know, for me, I'm just trying to figure this out. Where's your fear? Like what happened to you in your childhood to get you in this fear place that you exist in the dark instead of in the light. So we were having this conversation. And what I realized in the conversation is that he's really good talking in theory, but not in application. Right. And so it made me become more aware of me in the conversation. It also made me understand that God gave me the opportunity to have this conversation with him, not for him, but for me to show me the way that I drew the line in the sand so abruptly three years ago was in fact the right line to draw and that I've become more open and friendly, but I still need to protect myself from the, this person who's giving off a, a false fake, a false front, right? And it was really interesting because the whole time I was thinking, man, this he's evil. Like his responses, his, his conversation, period. Like, you know, when you're talking to somebody and they're fake, right? Like if you're talking to somebody that says they're a brain surgeon, but they're only talking to you about what they read, they're not talking to you about what it's like to actually do brain surgery. You know what I'm saying? Like they've never really explored the depth of the relationship and trusting in God, but they have read the Bible in books to be able to talk about it, but they don't know what it feels like, right? And no, that's the conversation we were having. And I was like, wow, like there's a front here. There's a, but it made me comfortable with the line I had drawn in the sand too, right? So that was just really neat for me. And those, the reason I'm sharing this is because these are the things that make you know that you're okay in taking your steps. Like this, this was, it was not my human self that said, come talk to me. It was my God-fearing self that understands the power of going on first instinct and not second guessing. It's the power in knowing that, in trusting it, my first thought is the right thought. My first move is the right move without allowing my human self to come back and second guess it. Because truth be told, why would I wanna to talk to this person? Why would I even wanna to talk to them? I shouldn't and I wouldn't, but I was bold in it because it was my first thought. And whatever happened in there, God was gonna protect me in there. So it was very, it was very interesting to see this person who comes off as I've got it all together and I'm so smart and this and this. It was almost interesting to see them squirm hearing about somebody walking in God's light because they could talk about it, but they couldn't explain it personal, what it meant. They could, even when I was talking to him, he said, oh, you're talking about the secret. And I said, what's the secret? He's like, it's a book, it's called The Secret. And I was like, oh, I haven't read it. I'm talking about me and walking in God's light. And he was like, oh. So it's like, he knew about the book, he's read the books, he's, a, he's got this stuff, but he doesn't have a personal relationship with God. And so that was really interesting for me. And it makes me, want to let people know that it's okay to not fuck with people. It's okay to be like, something's not right about them and get the fuck away from them. That's okay to do. You don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to feel forced to interact with them. And then you go back and be like, oh, I knew they was on some bullshit. I should have went with my first mind. I should have, no, it's okay. Go with it. If they're giving off an evil, if they're not giving off a, uh, 
clean, I won't say yuck, a clean spirit. If they're giving off an evil, we know what evil feels like. We know what evil looks like. You can't fix the evil. You can't change the evil unless this person has specifically come to you and ask you for help, whether that's coworkers, men, women, family members, homeless people, people at the grocery store. If somebody has something going on and they haven't asked you specifically to help them, leave them the fuck alone. It's not on you to fix them. And there are a lot of people who will say, well, that's who I am. I'm a fixer. I'm a healer. I'm a this. You're never to be at the detriment of yourself for the sake of somebody else. That's not how that works. You're not at the detriment of you to help somebody that hasn't come to you for help. If they're closed to help and you're trying to force it on them, they will take what they can take and they will get the hell away from you. It is not for you to fix them. We have to remember that. So even me sitting in that conversation, me having that conversation with that um, colleague and recognizing that they exist in a very superfluous place of understanding or experience when it comes to being of God or being of his word it's not for me to force them to understand what it feels like. They've got to find that on their own. The clarity was for me. I don't know what he got out of it. I can't assume what he got out of it. I'm not going to ask what he got out of it. That's not for me. For, the only thing that came out of that for me was to say, wow, three years ago when you drew that line in the sand, it was right on time. That's what it was for me. And to continue to trust in your walk, sister. Come on, baby girl, let's walk this out. Let's do this. Continue to trust it. I need you. And I'm there. I'm continuing to trust. I'm continuing to trust and I'm allowing grownups to exist where they fucking exist. I'm not going to get them to bring them to freedom. I'm saying, hey, I know the way to freedom. I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm going to tell you what I know, and then they have to say to me, I'm trying to get to freedom. I want to get out of this yucky-ass relationship with my husband, with my mom, with my dad, with my kids. Whatever it is, somebody has to specifically say to me that they want something different. Otherwise, I'm not forcing them to take anything different because they're not ready for it. And I'm not wasting my time and energy forcing what I know down their throat if they're not going to take it. If, they, if they're not going to take it today, if they're incapable of taking it, I'm not forcing it on them. I still have to protect me and I still have to move forward. And if people don't want to get to freedom because that's what I say, I'm on my Harriet Tubman shit. I'm moving towards freedom. If people aren't trying to come to freedom, if people aren't trying to get to the place of understanding how amazing they are, I'm not the person to drag them to that. I'm the person to say, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. And if no one wants to go to the grocery store, if they don't have resources, they don't have time, or the will, or the want, then none of them are going to come to the fucking grocery store with me. And that's okay. It doesn't change the fact that I'm going. I'm going to continue to move. And along my path, I'll meet other people that I get to share with, that I get to love with, that I get to be with. And that's okay. And I'm open to meeting those people. And I'm open, open to being in relationships with those people. But I'm not open to being subjective to being held hostage by a person whose intention is to manipulate me, who is to mistreat me, who would like to hurt me or to make ill use of me. I'm not open to those relationships. And I really don't give a damn who they are. Because I know, I've already been told, they're not better than me. People aren't better than me. No one's better than you. You're a human, they're humans. 
God didn't create them to be better than you. God also didn't create you to have the same goals and path that they have. So we're all different. So nobody gets a hierarchy on Joycelyn and nobody gets to treat me like shit. This takes us back to early in tonight when people want to mistreat you in relationships for the sake of having a man or having a woman or no, we're not doing that. Those days, those days are past. They're, they're, those days have really passed. And I'm probably one of those women that people would say, she's so independent, she doesn't need a man. You're right, I don't need a man. But you know what I do? I do enjoy the company of a man. I do enjoy the presence of men, strong, powerful men. My lover or just men that I know I love the presence of a strong man. What I don't love is the presence of a weak ass man who's trying to pretend. Just talked about that with a colleague, someone who's trying to pretend they're a man because I'm very quick to say, hey, it's not gonna work over here. You talk about it in theory, but you can't do it in application. That drives me absolutely crazy and i'm not okay with that i'm i'm not going to sit around and pretend that it's okay when it's not okay and you know that is, can be very lonely to isolate yourself that way to get rid of the the muck get rid of the people that are holding you hostage but you know sometimes it has to be that way oh Man, I love, I feel like when I'm talking about God, because I, I honestly sit down and have these conversations with just an idea and they just flow and almost, they come full circle to completion of a thought. And I'm so grateful. I don't have any notes. It's just what I'm supposed to say. And I love that. Like, how can you, how can you not trust that? <laughs> <clears throat> how can you not trust that so last couple minutes you know so thank you lord i appreciate you flowing generously into me and allowing me the insight to understand that everybody isn't for the goodness of me and that's okay as long as i recognize what the goodness is and i can move towards it so <clears throat> so what we were supposed to do um tonight is to talk about Breonna Taylor. And I didn't even read the whole article because I got so disgusted um, thinking about it, is that she didn't, so she was murdered in her home. And so finally, the officers went today to get indicted. And a grand jury indicted a former Louisville police detective for endangering Breonna Taylor's neighbors by recklessly firing his gun during a raid on her apartment in March. So no one was formally charged of murdering her. And other two officers weren't charged at all. And that's disheartening. And it almost seemed like, so the family got a settlement a week ago, like $12 million. And then this comes out that, well, the problem is that he was firing into the apartments and he could have hurt somebody else, but nobody has to take the blame for killing Breonna Taylor. And we won't know if her family agreed to this in taking the settlement. We don't know, we, you know, we don't know. But if, I'm just so saddened by that because it could be any of us at any time. As a matter of fact, my sister probably 15, 16 years ago, had a bounty hunter kick her door in. They came in, weapons drawn, looking for somebody. Her friend was in there pregnant, forced to lay on the ground face down. It could have been them, you know? So I just, I don't know. And, and I have to reserve this feeling of anger. Like, I know it's there, but I can't access it. And I wonder if I can't access it because I recognize that this isn't a place that I have any control. I only have to see what can, what can I do different? Like, what am I supposed to do to affect the judicial system? Is there anything I can do? Am I raising 
additional lawyers? You know, what am I raising? Police officers, what am I raising? Who am I raising that can affect this change tomorrow? Because this has happened. The family took a settlement. The family, so, you know, could the family say, yes, this is okay. They took the settlement. These are the indictments that came down. And now Louisville tonight will probably be in flames. People are angry. People are tired. They're tired of mistreatment and injustice and racism and bullshit and the pandemic. People are fucking tired. And now this, after everything we've seen, I mean, collective as a nation, everything that we've seen over the past few months from George Floyd to the coming to light of Ahmaud Arbery, out of all the shit we've seen over the month, this is how we're gonna end the fucking summer? Charging an officer for shooting his gun into other dwellings and not for murder? What have, what? have there been any gains what are the fucking gains? So I'm having a time with, I'm having a hard time with this. And it took forever for Breonna Taylor stuff to even come out. It was covered up. It was even the intention of hiding it is fucked up. So even if you weren't charged directly with the murder, what about your intention to cover this shit up? What about that? your intention to cover this up already says that you knew it was fucked up. We talked, that's been talked about before on Joy Exposed. It's the intention that's the damn problem. It ain't the act, it's the intention. The intention is I'm going to try to manipulate the situation to benefit me. Shit happened, you tried to hide it, turned in a blank police report, lied. All of these things happen. How about we get some, in, well, how about we get some charges for the intention? Because the in, that would be greater than shooting into buildings where other people live. <coughs> Collusion. That would be greater than this. Why can't we charge? Why can't we have people accept responsibility for their complete actions. Don't put your sorry ass apology up after you've said it. No, no, no. What made you get to a point of saying it or doing it? Save your sorry ass apology. Backtrack to the beginning when the thought came into your mind, I'ma cover this up. Or I know this man don't live here, but I'm trying to go fuck something up anyway. They knew that man wasn't living in that damn house. I watched the special on Netflix. <laughs> Netflix is king. I watched the special. They knew that man wasn't living in that house anymore. They knew that she wasn't a part of his drug thing. They just wanted to get some notches on their belts all of a sudden in this heated rush to do something. And they shot and killed this woman. Shot and killed her a public servant sleep in her own fucking bed. And now you're telling me that the charge is for shooting in a dwelling with other people and then the family walks away with $12 million? How much is a life worth? How much is your life worth? Is your life worth $12 million? How much is it gonna cost for you to stay locked hostage somewhere to get you need to get to freedom? What is it gonna cost for you to get to freedom? Do you get to live if you get there? These are questions that we have to think about all the fucking time. All the time. So, <sighs> Breonna Taylor, rest in peace. Her family, whatever the conversation was with the family, whatever the conversation is, I don't know. I won't be privy to it. But everybody tonight, you pray for Louisville because they are going to fuck some shit up there tonight. This is not going to be over soon. This is going to be a problem. So this is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. I had a great time chatting with you tonight. Remember, you can download any 
past episodes from anywhere you get your amazing podcasts. You can follow me on YouTube. <laughs> I love YouTube subscribers. Please, please, please like my pages, all of that good stuff. And thank you for rocking out with me. I'm going to continue to grow. And what I'm in, I'm several uh, years in now, right? I said I came up with the name of my company years ago. So I'm several years in. I'm just going to keep rocking with it. And we're going to see where we're going to go with this. And I appreciate you so much. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Good night. Mm -hmm. See you guys next week. Bye.